1: Well, if you have your Bibles, let's uh, turn to Mark chapter 4. How many of you drive to Nashville every day to work? Raise your hand. I just I want, I want to tell you something. I, I'm going to start praying for you every day. In seriousness. This morning I was on Interstate 24 heading toward Nashville at 545. And it's like an afternoon highway at 5.45 in the morning and before I got to Sam Ridley in Smyrna I'd already had to repent three times <laughs> so I can't imagine getting all the way to Nashville every, and doing that every day and then coming back and coming to church on Wednesday night fighting that traffic I, 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 when I pulled off I said you know I have a greater appreciation for our church family who have to battle this every single day so I just want to say to those of you who, who drive it, thank you. Thank you for, That's a sacrifice for your family. I'm telling you, it's a sacrifice for your family. And I just want to say thank you for making that sacrifice. And especially thank you for doing that and coming to church. Um, I would expect you to pull off the interstate and head to the bar, but not come to church. So thank you so much. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Verse number 2. I'm going to read out the New Living Translation. You know I love that one. It, uh, uh, two weeks ago, we started teaching on this. It says, he taught them by telling, Jesus taught them by telling them many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other, verse 7, seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Verse 8, still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Verse 9, then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. A couple of Wednesday nights ago, we began looking at Mark chapter 4, and we discovered a few things. Number one, we discovered that the understanding of this parable is key to understanding all parables. If you want to do a study on the parables of Jesus, the first one you need to begin with is this one right here. Jesus himself said this. Look at verse number 13 of Mark chapter 4. Then Jesus said to them, If you can't understand the meaning of this parable... How will you understand all the other parables? This one right here is the is the foundation stone, the teaching in the Mark chapter 4, the sower and the seed. It's foundation for everything else. So I encourage you to do some study in Mark chapter 4. I told you two weeks ago, I spent two weeks, five, two years, five days a week, studying Mark chapter 4. Several years ago, I spent... Two years, five days a week, studying Mark chapter 4. Because Jesus said, if you can't understand this one, then you're not going to get all of them. And then the next thing we learn is this. The more you hear, the more you and I hear. Everybody repeat after me. "The The more I hear. And then it says this. The more you hear and receive the word of God, the more you will receive from God. A lot of people say, well, God's not working in my life. Well, you're just not hearing. You're not listening. Because the more you hear and receive, the more God will give you. He will. Look what it says in Mark chapter 4 verse 23. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand, Jesus said. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. And you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. I've I've learned this over the years in my journey with the Lord. You never stand still with God. You're either going forward or you're slipping a little bit. But you never stand still. Notice what he says here. He says, if you're not listening... Even that which you have will be taken away from what you have. So there's no such thing as, I'm going to rest, I'm not going to grow anymore in Jesus. I'm not going to disciple myself anymore. That's not possible and be an effective, mature Christian. Our spiritual life is a lot like our physical muscles. The more we hear God's Word, the stronger we become. The less we hear the Word of God, it's like a muscle that is no longer active. It loses its strength. This is the reason why Satan works so hard at prohibiting us from hearing and acting on the Word of God. He fights that in your life. This is the reason Satan brings every distraction in his arsenal when we get ready to do our daily devotions. How many have ever known, you get ready to do your daily devotion. the phone rings. You get ready to, to uh, pray and do your daily devotions, and things you haven't remembered in weeks, suddenly you remember. Or how many have done this? You get ready to do your daily devotions and you start it, and halfway through, you wake yourself up. (laughs) Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, I mean, we don't get sleepy at any other time during the day. It's when we get ready to do our daily devotions. I never will forget, I was praying... Years ago, I was praying in the sanctuary one morning, and a Church of Christ brother who had come to our church he heard me say that I prayed two hours a day. So I was praying in the sanctuary one morning, and I I would just we had pews in that little sanctuary, and I'd crawl up under the first pew and I'd get to praying, and I'd prayed for a little, and I dozed off to sleep. I dozed off to sleep, and then I woke up. I woke up. And then I started praying again. I didn't realize he had slipped in. He slipped in when I was sleeping. And he he didn't know I was underneath there. Because I was sleeping and he slipped in, sat in the back... And because I said I usually pray, so he was going to come check me out. He'd come to really make fun. He was going to come check me out, and he he said, well, I'm here, and he's not here. He's one of these preachers that lies from the... And I was uh, sleeping underneath the pew. I'd already been there and prayed for a while. And all of a sudden, he said, I was getting ready to leave, and I was getting, I had it my mind made up. He was a lying preacher, and I was going to tell people he was lying preacher, and all of a sudden I heard out of nowhere, and this, I only had one light in, on every time I'd pray. It was real dark. And he said, I heard, <laughs> He said, I jumped. It scared the bahichi out of me. And, uh, and finally, he, I probably prayed probably another 30, 45 minutes. And I walked, I get up, get my Bible, and get up and start to walk out, and he's sitting back there. I said, how long have you... And that's when he told me this story. And, uh, uh, and, and, and from that, I discovered that even, even when you're trying to do right, sometimes Satan will f- attack you to keep you from having your daily devotions, your prayer time. And if you fall asleep, that's okay. That's okay. Go ahead and fall asleep. Take a nap. But when you, but when you wake back up, Go right back after the devil, all right? Just go right back after it. This is why Satan brings so many destructions in our life and schedule when we get ready to go to church. He doesn't want us to hear the word of the Lord. He doesn't want us growing. He doesn't want us maturing. He wants us going backwards or at the most standing still so we will go backward and not even realize it. How many times have you gone to church, come in the church house, and you're mad because you and the families had it out before you got here? And then you come in, you're fussing, you're fighting, you're upset. Somebody wasn't on time, the kids are screaming, they wouldn't behave. And then you, you are mad, it's tense in that car. You pull in the parking lot, and all of a sudden the, 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 the parking lot attendant greet, waves at you. Hey, and you, you're just tense, and all of a, praise the Lord, <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've all done. Satan, Satan attacks us. Satan attacks us. He, he, he tries to hinder us from growing in the Lord. The third thing we learned is this. The kingdom of God come to pass in our lives by process, not by the supernatural suddenness. In my two years of study of this, this is the one truth that the Lord showed me that's revolutionized my thinking about spiritual growth and spiritual discipleship. We Pentecostals are the people of the suddenlies. We like the suddenlies. We like it when we lay hands on people and bang, they get it. We like it when we we pray and it happens. We are the people of the suddenlies. We come from a... A book of the suddenlies. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where there was sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues of fire as set upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. The Bible says it happened suddenly. And then in Acts chapter 9. And suddenly there was a light from heaven that shined upon Saul. And he was transformed in a sudden moment of time. We like the suddenlies. We'll go to revival meetings. We'll go to conferences where we think a suddenly is going to happen. But when it comes to the kingdom of God coming to pass in our life, suddenlies are the exception and not the rule. Suddenlies are the exception. The kingdom of God comes to pass by process. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. And some of us give up on God and the promises of God because it doesn't happen suddenly. And we're in the process of it coming to pass. Look what it says. Let me, let me prove it to you. Look what it says in Mark chapter 4 verse 26. Jesus also said the kingdom of God. Everybody said the kingdom of God. Amen. This is how the kingdom of God operates. This is how God operates right here. The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seeds sprout and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crop on its own. Notice this. First a leaf blade pushes through. Then the heads of wheat are formed. And finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. Notice it's a process. The King James says it this way. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. But if you are just thinking only God's got to move suddenly, if you pray and it doesn't happen, the process might be taking effect. But if you think it only comes suddenly, and if it doesn't happen suddenly, you give up. You have neglected the process, and you'll miss what God's got for you. The kingdom of God, how God's kingdom comes to pass in our life. What is the kingdom of God? kingdom of God is not meat and drink, the Bible says. But what? Do you remember what it is? The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, how does the kingdom of God, how does righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost come? That it works out in our life. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. It's constantly a process of making it happen in our lives. Everybody with me? All right. Let's, uh, let, me, let, me, let me tell you this. A mistake often made by Christians is we dig up our seed or neglect our seed sown before the harvest arrives. A mistake that we make because we're, we like the suddenlies. We pray for something, God, your word says it, I pray for it, and I expect it to happen. And if it doesn't suddenly happen, we dig up our seed. We've planted the seed through prayer. And then if we're not careful, we'll dig up our seed or neglect our seed sown before the harvest arrives. Some of you found a scripture, you heard something, the word of God, and you said, well, I need that in my life. And so you prayed that, you asked God for that, and it didn't suddenly happen. It did not immediately happen. And you gave up on it. But remember, the kingdom of God happens through process. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. And what happens to many of us, many of the mistakes we've made, is that we either neglect the seed... Or we walk away from the seed and we don't nurture the seed that we've sown. And the process never comes to completion. Let me prove it to you. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 6. A very familiar passage of scripture. Paul's talking to Christians here in Corinth. They were immature. They were carnal. They were uh, suing one another. They were having all type of immorality going on in the church. They they fussed at one another. They they were divided. So, and so, some of them like the, uh, the the Rhema camp. Some of them like the traditional Pentecostal camp. Some of them like Steve Furtick, and, and and some of them like David Jeremiah. And the David Jeremiah people didn't like Furtick, and, and the Rhema people didn't like the traditional Pentecostals, and and the Baptist people they don't like nobody, and and uh, so th- they were divided amongst themselves. That was what was going on in the Corinthian church. And notice what it says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 6. Paul said this. I planted the seed in your hearts. And Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. Notice what he says. Paul planted. Paul planted. He sowed the word of God in the people's hearts. A farmer sows the word. Mark chapter 4, verse 3. We just read it. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. What does he plant? What is he talking about? Mark chapter 4, verse 14. The farmer sows the word. So Paul planted the word. Then what's the next thing say in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6? Paul says, I planted. And then what does it say? Apollo Apollo swattered. But God gave the increase. Paul planted the word. And then what happened? Apollos watered. Does it say that Apollos planted more word? No. It says Apollos watered the seed that Paul planted. You know what what he's saying here? He's saying literally that Paul taught it. Apollos came back and taught the same thing. Anytime we continue to hear, anytime we... Confess God's word over and over again. Anytime we hear something again, it's, not, it's, it's watering the seed that we've already had planted in our hearts. In fact, seed will never grow by just planting it. It has to be watered. You have to hear it more than once. You have to chew on it more than once. That's why the suddenlies most of the time don't work. You hear a a pastor preach a message and he shares something that's right where you are. I mean, it's like he was at your kitchen table and he said the word that you needed. He heard you and your spouse talking or you and your friend talking and y'all were talking about that issue. And then you come to church and you hear the pastor speak on that and he answers the very question that you're dealing with. How many have ever had that happen? Well, that's the Holy Spirit working in your life. And then you say, that's it. That's my answer. That's my answer. And you hear it and you pray over it and you claim that and you speak that out in prayer and you plant that seed. And if it doesn't happen immediately, you walk away frustrated and say, well, God's Word doesn't work. That faith stuff doesn't work. This doesn't work. Not realizing that no seed grows by just being planted. It has to be watered. It has to be watered. Paul planted, Apollos watered. What did Apollos water? He watered the same seed that Paul planted. He didn't plant more seed. He watered the same seed that Paul planted. Well, I want to hear something new. No, I want the seed that I've got. All this seed that I've got in me, I want it to grow. I want it to produce a harvest. That's why every other week, I tell you, every week have some type of teaching or reading or get some type of material on divine healing. Keep that seed of divine healing watered in your life. Keep it watered in your life. In fact, here's, uh, here's what I've learned over the years. The seed cannot grow simply by being planted. The seed must be planted and watered before there will ever be a harvest from the seed. And personally, there are some scriptural proclamations that I learned years ago that I water and confess over my life every day. There's hardly a day that goes by that I do not speak these scriptures and pray these scriptures over my life. And many of them I learned 30 years ago. But I still confess them. I water that seed every single day. What are they? Well, here they are. I pray every day for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Ephesians chapter 1, Paul's praying for the the saints at Ephesus, he says, I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him in his own right hand in heavenly places, far above principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but the world which is to come. This was a prayer that Paul prayed for the Christians at Ephesus Ephesus and he said he prayed that over them. I pray that over my life every day for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? Because know in the last days saith God the spirit said in the last days some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And I don't want to give heed to seducing spirits or doctrines of devils. So every day I speak over my life, even though that's been planted in me, I water that seed every day for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. I also water every day the seed that was planted in me for the love of God the love of god i've got the love of god in me the love of god was shed abroad in my heart when i when i accepted jesus it was shed abroad in your heart when you but many of you understand the love of god can grow and develop in our life and one way it grows and develops in our life is by watering the seed so every day Every day, just about every day of my life, and I learned this 30 years ago, but every day of my life, just about, uh, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant me according to the riches of his glory be strengthened with might by his Spirit in my inner man, that Christ may dwell in my heart by faith and that I'll be rooted and grounded in love and I'll be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that I'll be able to comprehend with all saints the love of Christ. I want to know the love of Christ so I can walk in the love of Christ. How many of you realize some days we do better at walking in the love of Christ than other days? And some of us are not doing a good job at walking in the love of Christ because we haven't watered the seed that was shed abroad in our hearts years ago by the Holy Spirit when He saved us. That seed has to be watered. So I continually water the seed in my life. I water the uh, divine healing every day. Every day I pray Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget none of his benefits, who forgives all of my iniquities, who heals all of my diseases. Every day I water that seed by confessing that and speaking it over my life. I pray every day protection over my family he shall give his angels charge of you. Psalm 91. No evil shall befall you. No plague can come nigh you. I, I water that seed every day. Here's one I water. My steps are directed by God. The steps of a righteous man are ordered, directed, fixed, the Hebrew says. Fixed by God. Psalm 37. I water this one. My, the righteousness. I grew up in a, a Pentecostal church that... Uh, you were coming to the altar for something you were you you were coming to the altar, every church service you were coming doc you remember that you coming to the altar for something. I mean, there wasn't nobody but Christians there, but they somebody had sinned sometime during that week, and we' going to jerk on some ch- you know you're coming to the altar, and we going to get these altars full. You are a sinner, you are bad. If you've ever thought about doing something wrong, if you know somebody that did something wrong, you you need to come to the altar tonight. And I grew up with a very low... I grew up with a sin consciousness instead of a righteous consciousness. I grew up with a sin consciousness that God was going to get me, that He was after me. I could never be pleasing to Him. When you grow up in those rigid, ritualistic type, legalistic, religious tribes, sometimes that gets on you. I don't think the people mean for it to happen. But it just happens. It gets on you. And I've had to, over the years to start developing a righteousness consciousness instead of a sin consciousness. 2 Corinthians five twenty one says, He became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So every day I water that seed over my, I speak over my life, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Regardless of how I feel, regardless of what I've done, regardless of my mistakes, regardless of my faults or my failures, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because He made me righteous. And I water that seed. And over the years, the seed that I have watered has started to produce fruit. So understand, if we do not water the seed, if we just hear something that sounds good and we like it and we plant it, but we don't water the seed, the seed will not grow. It is only when we water the Word. It is only when we water the Word that we guarantee the Word has been sown in our hearts. It is only when we water it that you guarantee it's been sown in your hearts. How many times have you heard somebody say, Well, I've been to church all my life and I prayed and this didn't happen. Or ain't so-and-so was a godly woman and that happened to her. Why did that happen to her? It's only when you water the Word that you know the seed has got into your heart. Not just hearing it and playing it one time and running off and forgetting about it. You have to water the Word of God. Satan is afraid of the seed planted in your heart. I got 3 minutes. So let's move real quickly. Satan is afraid of the seed. He don't he he's not really afraid of you. It's you with the word he's afraid of. All right. It's you with the word. He's not afraid of you. He's afraid of you with the word of God. So he tries to steal the word immediately. Tonight when some of you leave because you're tired, you're weary, you're bored, some of you're just dis- Distracted, you got other things on your mind, you're going to leave here tonight, and, and I've taught a pretty good principle here that we know have changed our lives, but some of you are not going to remember it, you're not going to remember it by the time you get home, that's just human nature, that happens to all of us, there's plenty of Sunday mornings I leave and somebody will hit me at the restaurant and say, well what did you preach on, and I can't even remember, and I'm the preacher, <laughs> Satan comes immediately to steal the word of God. Look what it says in Mark chapter 4 verse 3. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed as he scattered it across his field. Some of the seed fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate it. Well, what did that mean? Remember what Jesus said? You've got to get this parable. You've got to know this one. If you don't know this one, you're behind the eight ball the rest of your life and in your study of the Word of God. It means this, verse 14. The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. So there's a battle going on tonight. Every time we come to church, there's a battle going on. We're going to hear the word of the Lord, and then before it gets in our hearts, Satan's going to bring some kind of distraction. He's going to bring some kind of disruption. He's going to cause something to happen to cause you to forget what you've heard before it ever gets planted in your heart, before you get a chance to use it in your daily devotions, before you get a chance to pray about it, before you get a chance to make it a part of your spiritual discipline and make it a part of your spiritual formation, Satan's coming after it. He's coming after it. That's why he attacks us so much of coming to church. He's coming after that word. He comes immediately. And then the second, Satan will bring persecution and affliction to steal the word. Look what it says in chapter 4 of Mark, verse 5. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shadow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. What does that mean? Remember, you got to get this one, or you're behind the eight ball on all of them. Verse 16. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. How many of you have heard a Heard a message, you've heard the Word of God, you've heard a scripture preached or taught, or you heard something sung, and it rung your bell. Man, that's exactly what I needed. That's it. That's it. That's it. And you share it with somebody. That's, I heard it. It's going to change my life. I'm going to put this into practice. Well, when that happens, guess what? Persecution's coming. Understand that. Why? Because he don't want that seed getting planted in your heart. He doesn't want it in there long enough for you to water it and that thing to start sprouting up. He can't stand the seed. You with the seed, the Word of God, are a potent weapon against the devil and his forces. Notice what he says in verse 16. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. Ah, I got it. This is good. Man, did you hear that? Put it on Facebook. You need to hear pastor's message. When I see people put that on Facebook, you should have been there, you should have heard, this was the best thing I've ever heard. Well, they've never said that about my the best thing I've ever heard. But you should have been there. I began praying for those people because since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's Word. How many times have I seen, Amanda and I have seen this one, somebody hear the message of divine healing. And they latch onto it. And they start believing God for healing. And then all of a sudden, somebody doesn't get healed. And then they get frustrated. And they get discouraged. They get bewildered. They get offended. And they fall away. That stuff doesn't work. They fall away. What's happened? They don't have deep roots. And persecution arose for the words. How many times have I had people come to me and say, Pastor, I read in this about giving and I started tithing. And when I started tithing, everything broke. Dishwasher broke. refrigerator broke. Tire blew out. Kids needed braces. Everything broke. Perse- that, tithing doesn't work. That tithing doesn't work. See, persecution arises for the word's sake. Why? Because he doesn't want that seed to get planted in your heart and start bringing forth fruit. All right? The third type of hearer. The third one. Our fallen world and our unredeemed flesh work to give no place to the word of God in our life. When you hear the word of God, man, your flesh is going to rise up. This fallen world's going to rise up to come against you. Look what he says in Mark chapter 4 verse 7. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so they produced no grain. Verse 18 19. The seed that fell among the thorns represent others who hear God's word. They hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life. The lure of wealth and the desire for other things so no fruit is produced. No fruit is produced. Man, we see that. We're battling that right now with Christians. They're just so busy in life. So busy with kids. So busy with work. So busy chasing the dollar. So busy trying to make ends meet. They're just so busy. And then the Word just takes second place. And then it takes third place. And then it gets way back there. And then they can't even remember the last time they was at church or the last time they had a devotion or the last time they had a personal word from the Lord, a fresh word from the Lord. And it's not because they don't love God and it's not because they're openly sinful people. Just the world invaded their life and crowded out the Word of God. And they can't produce fruit. Can I get an amen in the house? And then finally... Finally, the seed is sown into hearts that are prepared and receptive. Verse 8 to Mark chapter 4. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil. They sprouted and grew and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as been planted. What does that mean? Remember, you got to get it. Verse 20. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest. Remember, they've gone through the blade. They've gone through the ear. Now they're producing a harvest. They've watered that seed. Some time has elapsed, and now they've produced a harvest. They produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. How many people we got in this room tonight? 100 people? We have 100 people in this room? Jesus said, 25% of you are going to get it into good ground. 25% of you are going to get it into good ground. 25% of you are not even going to remember it by the time you get to the car. 25% of you are going to say, boy, this is good. Oh, this is good. And you're going to try to receive it. And you're going to try to put it to work. But some things are going to happen. Attacks are going to come. And Satan's going to try to steal it that way. Another 25% of you are going to receive it. But, and you love it. And you love everything about it, but you've just got so much going on in your life, it doesn't really take priority. And then 25% of you are going to receive it, and it's going to get into good ground. And you're going to start producing a harvest. But get this, only 33% of the 25% are going to produce a hundred return. Some of you are going to get a little harvest. Some of you are going to get a two-thirds harvest. And only a third of you, of the 25%, are going to get the full benefit of the harvest from that seed. See, Satan's after the seed. He's working overtime to get the seed in your heart. He's getting it out. He's trying to get it out. So every time we come to church, if you can think about it, just pause before you walk in and get your heart ready for ground to receive the seed of God. If you've cussed your kids... Repent before you walk in. If you've slapped your husband, stop. Just don't do that no more. All right? It leaves a whelp. All right? And it hurts. Believe me, I know. It hurts. Stand with me, would you?